For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text Monica to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews, you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley, and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thank you so much for being here as we kick off a brand new week, a holiday week. This is your go-to for Hot Liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Check me out on social media. On Instagram, I am at Monica Crowley underscore. And on Twitter and True Social, I am at Monica Crowley. Also by email, I am at Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. So send me an email and let me know what's on your mind. I hope you guys had a fantastic Christmas yesterday. Really a totally enjoyable, relaxing, loving holiday. Well, over the next few days, we're going to do something really special, really different, and really important. Often on this show, we talk about the spiritual war we are in, how everything we are experiencing is part of this spiritual war between God versus the enemy, good versus evil, however you want to put it. And once you see the spiritual battle, you can't unsee it. It is right there in front of your eyes, and you begin to see everything so clearly. I've often talked about how evil appears to be ascendant, especially in America today, but certainly around the world, taking control everywhere, and how evil seeks to destroy. The big enemy, I'm talking the spiritual enemy, is the grand deceiver, and he is also the grand destroyer. But God remains on the throne. He is still in charge, and he has the final say. But what about what is happening in America today? Why does it appear that evil is ascendant on the march and winning from our politics to our culture to our children? What is going on and where can we find these deeper answers? Rabbi Jonathan Kahn is a Messianic Jewish rabbi. He's also the number one New York Times bestselling author who has written fascinating books tying biblical prophecy to what is happening in our country and around the world right now, including The Harbinger, which was a huge bestseller, The Harbinger 2, another huge bestseller, The Paradigm, so many more. His latest book is an absolute page turner. If you want to know what is happening on the spiritual plane to explain what is going on in this country and around the world today. So over the next few days, we're going to talk about this book. It is called The Return of the Gods, 
which you can find at thereturnofthegods.com. You can also find it on Amazon or wherever you get your books. This book digs deep into scripture and prophecy to detail the dark forces at work in America today. So as I said, over the next couple of days, we are going to go very deep into Jonathan Kahn's work with him. And I'm telling you, it is going to blow you away. So get a cup of hot chocolate, get some uh, holiday goodies and buckle up because over the next couple of days, we are going to take you on an incredible journey. Rabbi Jonathan Kahn joins me now to kick it off. Jonathan, it's so great to have you here. Great to be with you, Monica. Well, and thank you for taking the next couple of days to join me here to take all of this apart. There is so much to get into. So I, I want to start by framing the entire discussion. Can you begin by talking about how God has showed you things that were happening in the Old Testament with ancient Israel and guided you to connect them to what is happening today? Yeah, that's one of the themes in, in several of my books, starting with The Harbinger, that, you know, God has gives patterns, he gives templates, and they they repeat. And and uh, start, The Harbinger was the first book that, and it speaks about what happened in the last days of ancient Israel when the nation turned away from God and these signs of judgment, warning and judgment and calamity started appearing in the land, particularly nine nine harbingers or signs. Those same harbingers or signs have appeared now in America, warning us we are a nation in danger of judgment. And that's because America has turned away from God, just as had Israel, ancient Israel did. The return of the gods takes it to another dimension. And that is that that in the in the fall of ancient Israel, there were actually there, there were gods involved. They first they turned away from God. When you turn away from God, you turn to the gods. There's always you there's never a vacuum. There's always something else that you're going to turn to. And they and the Bible says that these are actually spirits. And so they were they were specific spirits or gods uh, that were involved with the fall of ancient Israel. They have returned today. So the return of the gods is is something I started seeing as, you know, first of all, Monica, one of the things that, that you're alluding to is that what's happening in America is a darkening. And even non-believers, you know, even liberal non-believers are saying, what's going on? You know, the, the certain things here are madness. This is too far. This is crazy. This is not even rational. Well, the thing is that there's a reason for it. You know, the return of the gods is opening up this mystery that goes back thousands of years ago, I mean, first of all, foremost to the scriptures, but even to the ancient tablets of Mesopotamia um, and the ancient gods that were involved. And that, and the, the question being, first of all, what are the gods? Who are the gods? And, and is there a reality to them? And if there is some reality to them, then could they be here now or could they have returned? And the answer that the book, you know, opens up is that they have, it's very, it's not general, it's very specific. It's specific entities and specific dates. I mean, even, even, you know, it's going to, we're going to, well, I know we'll get into it. Even the, the decisions of the Supreme Court are linked to these ancient beings and, and even the dates, what's happening in our culture, what's transforming it. Could there be something very, very gigantic behind it and, and not an accident? Well, there is something. Um, and the thing is that, that, you know, so I wrote the return of the gods because I saw it. And as I went into it, Monica, you actually, much of it I wrote during the lockdown um, and doing this, you know, more and more and more kept opening up. And I knew this was going to be explosive. It was going to be the most explosive book. I've written explosive books, but this is going to be the most explosive book um, that I've ever written because of it touches everything and really lies behind everything. The first um, interview I did on this, the, the host said, you know, th this explains everything. I mean, it all makes sense. Well, it does. Um, and the thing is, we are, as you said, as eloquently at the beginning, we are in a spiritual battle. The Bible says that we don't war against flesh and blood. You know, we're involved in every realm. We're involved with politics, but the ultimate 
climate battle is not that. There's something bigger behind it. And this is kind of pulling, the return of the gospel is pulling away the veil. What we are all dealing, everybody's listening to this, every one of you, you're dealing with this one, one way or another. Your family's dealing with it. People in your life are dealing with it. You're dealing with it. And so what do you need to know? What do we need to know? Also, where is it all heading? Where is it going? And what do we need to know to prevail, to deal with it, to stand, to overcome and prevail in the days ahead? That is what the return of the gods is going to open up. And that's what we're going to spend the next couple of days really unpacking here on the show, Jonathan, because it's so clear. Like I said, once you see it, you can unsee it, at least the spiritual nature. Jonathan, I'm going to ask you to please hang tight. A lot more ahead. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double and the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't, and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like the heart, lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so good. It's really delicious, guys, and you'll feel better with more energy and you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. We are back with this absolutely fascinating conversation with Rabbi Jonathan Kahn. What you've done in The Return of the Gods is delve deep into the actual dark forces or what you call the dark trinity um, that is, is running so much of the country and really the world right now. And it feels like, I think to many people, it feels like they're just pawns in this bigger spiritual chess game that's being played on a plane far higher than we are. Uh, in many ways, they are, you know, and even even leaders are, you know, because they don't know what they're dealing with. And um, but but, you know, as but as the Bible says, we are to know. And and so this is going to kind of, you know, first knowing what you're dealing with. That's the first step in overcoming it. Then I'll set the stage um, with this way. You know, the the what are the gods? First of all, what are we what are we speaking of? Uh, the Bible says that that. Behind the gods of the, particularly in the ancient world, behind the gods, there actually are spirits or beings. You know, everywhere in the in the world in ancient times, there were gods. I mean, it's just kind of strange phenomenon. Everybody was worshiping gods. When they didn't have God, you got gods. There was there was nothing else. You know, and so the Bible says in actually in the book of Deuteronomy, it says that. It talks about them worshiping the gods or idols, and the word it uses in Hebrew is the Hebrew word shedim. Shedim means spirits or entities with will, with volition, um, with consciousness, you know. And then in Psalm 106, it says, people can look for themselves, it says that they 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 actually sacrifice their children, their, their sons and their daughters, to the Shedim. Same thing. These are these are spirits. Now, in the in the ancient Babylon, they used the word Shedu to speak of them. And they said they, the spirits could be good or evil. But in the Bible, say, no, no, these are always dark, evil, evil spirits. When this got translated into Greek, when the, the Jewish scholars, you know, did this in the first translation of the Bible, the Septuagint, which is a few centuries before the New Testament, the word that they use to translate Shedim is the word daimonia, from which we get the word demon or demonic. Mm. And when Paul, the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians, he speaks, he says the, he says the pagan world, they worship idols, they are actually worshiping 
the daimonia, or that is the demonic spirit. So we've got something here. So the first part of the first like kind of puzzle piece of the mystery is that if behind these mythologies, now it doesn't mean the mythology, of course, the mythologies are mythology and all that, but it means that there is involved playing on these things are actually dark forces. And the thing is that that if that's the case, then then they are then where are they now? Because you know, spirits don't die. That's the first thing. But secondly, what it means is that in ancient the, the ancient world, pretty much the pagan world, if they were given to the gods, that means they were given to the spirits. In other words, there, there is a phenomenon of possession. And when you look at pagan culture, you actually see the signs of that the Bible speaks of of possession. You see people in trances shaking and foaming at the mouth, and they, it's all over the world. And and in fact, the closer you got to the god, the quote gods, the the more these signs appeared. You know, the the priests and the and the priestesses and the oracles, they would they would all be enraptured by these uh, possessions. But they say they were possessed by the God, they were possessed by the Spirit. So you've got, in a sense, a possessed culture. It's not, and so it's not just people who can be possessed, it's cultures, uh, it's it's civilizations that could be, and even Western civilization, you know, we, you know, we we are of Western civilization. Well, back then, before before a certain event, it was basically a possessed culture. So the so here's the thing: the question is, what happened? You know, where did the gods go? What happened to all that? What happened was Jesus. What happened was Yeshua. What happened was the Messiah. When he came to the world, first of all, he had the power to cast out, you know, the, the spirits. You know, that was the first thing. But secondly, even more so, the, the gospel or the word of God was then sent into the ancient world. Um, and so what that meant, it was a gigantic clash. You have the word of God for the first time going full force into the pagan world. You have the the you have the, the presence of God going into the, the world of gods. You have the spirit of God in the world of spirits. And so, so you have this gigantic clash, and that that's why, and actually, when you read the book of Acts, you see these clashes happening. You know, a, a possessed woman is following the apostle Paul around and, and basically stalking him. And then he casts the spirit out. And then there's an uproar in the city. Basically, they, they want to, they you know, they want to kill the apostles. In another city, there's another uproar over the, the gospel that they, they believe the gospel is a threat to their god, uh, Artemis. And so there's a, they, they want to kill the disciples. So you have this war going on. It's a spiritual war, just like we're in now. But it's a spiritual war. And the thing is that that's why, you know, when we, we see all these movies and we hear these stories of the early Christians being thrown to the lions, you know, and being being persecuted. It was over this. It was not politics. It was, ultimately, it was not e economics. It was the issue of the gods because they would not worship the gods because they actually told them, you know, just worship our gods and we will not persecute you. We won't kill you. We won't imprison you, throw you to the lions. Well, it was all about that. In, in a sense, you know, if there were, if these gods are, are you know, are basically standing for spirits, and the spirits were threatened by the gospel and with good reason. So what happened was in the end, well, actually, even let, let me say this, Monica, you know, the, the great persecution of believers in the, in the early days, the greatest one was under the emperor Diocletian. It's called the great persecution. When it's, the reason how it started is he sent word to one of these oracles now these oracles are these women who are sitting on the on this these mountains in the, in their temples and they are literally shaking and possessed and they believe they're possessed by the gods they're possessed by spirits and so this woman the oracle of Didymus sends a word back basically saying yes go persecute the christians so the greatest persecution of believers was linked to the spirits to a possessed woman linked to the gods and so you know th this launched it all it's a spiritual thing in the end though the gospel prevailed. In the end, monotheism prevailed. God prevailed. The, the, you know, the word of God prevailed over mythology, you know, over pantheism, polytheism, over the gods. And so what happened was ancient paganism basically faded from the Roman Empire. The, the temples of Zeus were abandoned. The, the shrines of Athena and Dionysus were were gone, were you were basically they, it just faded out. It went into the darkness, into the shadows. So the gods, in a sense, it was the twilight of the gods. But if behind the gods are spirits, this Shadim, Daimonia, these entities, then what happened to them? Well, what it means is it's the greatest 
it was the greatest mass exorcism in human history where the gospel came in, and this is repeated throughout the world, but when it came into the Roman Empire, greatest mass exorcism in human history. So where do they go? Well, the answer to that, and could they return? The answer to that is actually found in an ancient parable that is given by Jesus, that, I, that in the book I call the House of Spirits. I, I can go into that if you want. Yeah, please do. Yeah. Yeah, so he Jesus gives a parable, and a lot of believers know it, but they don't realize how the ramifications of it. He says, if a spirit leaves a man, it says it, it goes into the dry places looking for a place to basically, you know, dwell in or settle it, doesn't find any. And so it says, I will go back to the to my house. And basically, when it says my house. It's talking about the man who, you know, the man was delivered. He was possessed. He was delivered. So it says he's talking about the spirits talking about the man as if the man was a house because he inhabits his possession. So he it says he goes back, finds the man or the house swept clean in order, empty. And so it says, oh, I'm going to go back, goes back, gets seven other spirits, and the seven other spirits come back and they re-inhabit the house or the man they repossess the man and then then jesus says that the man is the the latter state of the man so is worse than the beginning because now he's repossessed with eight spirits and and seven of them more evil than the first so now people take that rightly so as a warning that hey if you if you found if you found god if you found god do not turn back because it's worse when you turn back it's worse but he goes further in 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 the in the when it's recorded in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus says, "So it shall be with this generation." In other words, he's not just talking about a person; he's talking about an entire generation. Now, when you take this, like I said, it, you know, cultures can be possessed. You take this to its ultimate, most global application. This is what you get: you get a warning, a prophecy that is to America and to the Western world right now. And here it is: it's saying this. Any nation, any culture, any civilization that has that has been delivered of these things, of darkness, has come to God, been delivered of these things, of these spirits, if it should ever turn back, if it should ever turn away from God, and what will happen is it will become repossessed. The spirits that were cast out of it will come back into it, um, and they will come back worse than before. And so and so that the house will not remain empty. It will never you take God out, something else is coming in. What's coming in is going to be dark. It's going to be the daimonia. It's going to be the shadim. And in the case of America or or western civilization, remember, this we have an entire civilization that was delivered. It was exercised. That's what makes the west so unique. But if the west ever turns away from God or America ever turns away from God, the spirits that were cast out of it in the beginning or cast out at the beginning of the age, the same spirits are going to come back into it. It's going to become a culture or civilization that's going to be possessed or repossessed. And the God, the ancient, quote, gods are going to return the same ones. And that's why what we are witnessing now in America and the West, it's touching the world, but that this is where it all began, is not just, it's not a natural phenomenon. It is a, a supernatural phenomenon. It is, we are watching the repossession or the possession of American culture. For the last half century and more, we have been watching the, the, the driving out of God and the coming in of something very dark, and it keeps getting darker and darker. This is a repossession. And it's also, I, in, the, in the Return of the Gods, I also call it, it's the process of paganization, because we are we are in a process of being re-paganized. When, you know, because the, the spirits that come back into a culture, when they come back into it, these are, in a sense, pagan spirits. But now they're coming back to a, quote, Judeo-Christian culture. So their, their, their strategy, their aim is to take a Christian culture or civilization and turn it, transform it into a pagan one. And that is exactly what has been happening for the last half century. And you want to understand, I mean, in every single area, every single round. And let me give you an example of, of the, we have a, we can say we have a case study or one or two case studies where we can say what happens, what happens when such a civilization does this. One of them is Russia. Russia 
was a quote Christian. It was when I say Christian, so it was based on Christianity had been delivered of the gods and all those things. But in the early 20th century, it turned away. It turned away from God and it turned to atheism or quote communism. The, now, the, now, what should have happened should have been neutrality, secularism. But what happened was not neutral. It was demonic. The warning is the house will not stay empty. It was demonic. It was it was a it was a civilization of lies, deception, of 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 mass bloodshed, uh, you know, all over it was demonic. Okay, please stand by. More with Rabbi Khan straight ahead. Okay, we are back with Rabbi Jonathan Khan. Absolutely fascinating. And again, we're talking to Jonathan Kahn. The book is The Return of the Gods. And um, he is taking apart what is happening in America and the world today and why there is so much darkness that seems to have descended on the land. Okay, Jonathan, go ahead. Thank you, Thank you Monica. Yeah. And so you know, here's the other test case, test case we have. And the other test case is the land that actually brought to the world the Reformation, the, the, the return to the word of God, which was Germany. Germany, what happened when Germany began turning away from God? What happened, again, you know, was not secularism, even though it was the name of secularism, it was national socialism, but what happened was not was not neutrality. What happened was demonic. What happened was Adolf Hitler, the Third Reich. What happened was, again, deception, demo demonic possession. It was actually a nation possessed. I mean, you cannot understand what happened in Germany until, you know, except by the Eastern. It was not natural. It was a, a possession. And you have Hitler, a possessed man. And and in the end of it, you have you have millions of people dead. Well, the gods always end up with destruction. So those are the two test cases we have. But here the scary thing is, now it's happening to America. Now it's happening to the West. Now it's happening as a kind of global thing. So it might be taking longer, but the but the results are going to be even darker and scarier. So remember, you know, Jesus said the last state's going to be worse. So in other words, you know, what you had in paganism, which was terrible, this is going to be worse than that. You know, paganism can produce a, a uh, an emperor Nero or Caligula. But but the, the uh, a civilization that has known God and turned away a post a quote post Christian civilization a repossessed civilization will produce a Hitler a Third Reich will you know will produce a Stalin a Mao you know the 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 pagan world will can produce a, an altar to offer up human sacrifice but the repossessed post Christian culture will produce an Auschwitz. You know, can I can I stop you there and ask you because you you talk about the removal of God. First of all, I think it's such a critical point that everybody understand that you are saying that entire nations and civilizations can be possessed. I think a lot of people have the pop culture sense of what possession is, right? It's the exorcist, it's the Amityville horror where a house is possessed or a person is possessed. They're, they're used to the Hollywood version of this, but your point is so important about how entire nations can be possessed, entire civilizations uh, can be possessed. And then you talk about how the removal of God allows a portal. It allows an opening for these ancient demonic spirits to come back because God, Jesus, the gospel have all been removed. And those things were bulwarks against these right. demonic spirits coming back into these nations and civilizations. In previous interviews, Jonathan, I've heard you trace it to the 1960s. And I'd just like for you, before we get into the dark trinity and the three dark spirits that you really do talk about, um, and we're going to break those apart one by one, but could you talk about the 1960s as a moment in time in America where God was removed from the public square, no more prayer in, in schools, and churches now became under attack, and God was eliminated, and that was sort of the inflection point for the return of the small g gods that you were talking about. Yes, exactly. And and yeah, the yeah, if you look at American culture up until then, I mean, look, you know, imagine like for instance, a, a mid-century 1950s America, just before, I mean, in fact, just a few years before the 60s, you have a, a, a nation 
where the teachers are the the secular teachers and the quote secular uh, public school system is actually they're leading the students in the Lord's prayer. Now, now, can you imagine that today? Leading the student that was America. Um, you have a uh, you have a, a a Hollywood that produced movies like um, like the King of Kings. Uh, then the the great the the uh, actually. Uh, the Ten Commandments, you know, Ben Hur, Quo Vadis, you know, The Robe. The, those were big. Those were gigantic movies, all about the Bible. You actually had the gospel in different. The Word of God actually spoken on primetime television. You had at different points. You had stations that would close their network programming with a sermon and a prayer. You know, so this this it was taken for granted. So this was a this it was taken for granted that it was a Christian nation. It wasn't actually debatable. Actually, even back then. You even you even had you know the Democratic Party you know which which was you know you'd say is the more left of course but even back then but you know you had you had a very uh, liberal left wing in a sense uh, Democratic presidential candidate um, who who is who is actually um, at his on his um, his acceptance speech he 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 says we are basically we have to uphold. Christian civilization. This was the Democratic candidate. Um, so the thing is that you have this entirely, na this nation that is unrecognizable now because of what happened in the 1960s. That's where it began. The warning is, I mean, well, you know, and, and you, you you gave, you, you used a great word, portal, because what the, the warning is when you start, if you start emptying yourself, the house starts emptying itself of God, then you have a portal. And the, and you also used another great word. You said bulwark, um, and that's we didn't realize what we were doing because the only thing that was preventing all these dark forces coming into America was the gospel. That's the thing that had it had done it since you know since since that since the beginning of the age, and so it was the only thing. And and so when you remove it, it's like you're opening up a Pandora's box, um, and that and the only thing you have to do is that. So it starts and it starts out slowly, you know, subtly, but the but the end result is going to transform the whole culture. And then in the early 60s, we decided it was a good idea to take out prayer from the public school system. Well, just a little thing, take out prayer. You know, it's amazing because now we can hardly imagine what it would be like to have prayer there. But the thing is that they take out prayer. What we were doing is we were beginning to empty ourselves of God. We we're beginning to empty ourselves of the gospel that would keep on going. And we are removing God from the the children the next generation the future and so so what's going to happen is you could have predicted it all if if we were aware of it back then we could have predicted it well so that goes out then 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 shortly after that they said we're now we're going to take out the bible from school and this is the beginning and this is what opens the door to the spirits. Now, which spirits or which gods? Well, well, one of the things is that one of the mysteries is that America and even the West has been is patterned after ancient Israel. I mean, the the, the spiritual DNA is ancient Israel. The, it was actually the Puritans founded America to be a, a, a kind of another Israel, you know. Um, and so, so what happened when Israel, ancient Israel turned away from God? They did the same thing when they turned away from God. There were three particular gods or entities that come into the picture and that basically take over the culture, darken it, and ultimately lead it to destruction. And in the, in the return of the gods, I call it the dark trinity. And the, the, the same dark trinity has now come to America and the West and the world, and they've come in order, right in order, the same order that it's spoken of in the Bible. And the first one in the book is called the possessor. Now, the possessor, that is what his name, you know, you know, we we have a name for him, but his name means the possessor in Hebrew. The name is Baal in Hebrew. Uh, well, we and in English we call him Baal, but it's Baal. Baal means the possessor, the master, the Lord, the owner. And this is this is the first, this is really the key. Now, now it was when Israel turned away from God, they turned to Baal or the possessor. And he was the anti-God. He was the substitute God, the alternative God. He was the God of the, the falling away from God, the apostasy God. So so he this spirit is the spirit that leads a nation that has once known God to turn away from God completely, to take a 
in the case of Israel, a nation that had known God turned it into a pagan nation. That's exactly what happened. And he is the he's the beginning. Like he is the he's like that first spirit in the parable that comes back and then says, I'm going to bring my friends. Well, he's the opening. So as soon as we started opening the door by by em beginning the emptying of God, in a sense, we were casting God out. Well, this spirit of Baal or the possessor begins to comes in. So what do we know about Baal? Well, what, the first thing we know is that he, well, first of all, he was the god of um, of materialism. He's the god of uh, basically pagan god materialism. He promised prosperity and fertility and God. And also he was later actually interestingly merged with Zeus later on. But so we, em we start emptying the house. The house is not going to remain empty. So what happens is we have a new spirit in America, or or an old spirit that becomes prevalent. And the what we see in the Bible is that Baal, especially in the days of Elijah, started driving God out of everything. Dri you you know they opened the door, and then Baal started drive. The spirit starts drive driving God out of the public square, out of the out of the school system, out of the out of the uh, out of every every really every realm of culture in our case entertainment government all these things that's exactly what what's happened in America we actually have a, you can actually sense the spirit that has been driving God out you know we just did one little step well then then prayer got taken out of this then 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 you know God got taken out of the public square then you know the, then the you know what, what one of the things that Baal did it says he caused Israel to turn away from the ways of God like the commandments of God. Well, and that included the Ten Commandments. Literally, this spirit has caused America to literally strike down the Ten Commandments from our public square, the same thing he did in ancient times. Uh, if you watch what's happened since the 60s, it has been a progressive turning away from the ways of God, like one after the other after the other. And another thing it says of the spirit of Baal, it says that he caused Israel to forget God. Well, so there's an amnesia that begins coming over America. One, to forget God. I mean, remember what I said, where we were in the 1950s and before, up to mm -hmm. the 60s, and to forget God, but also to forget that we even knew God. You know, so what does that mean? It means that, you know, how does a nation remember? It remembers through its through its education. It passes on to the next generation. So look at how the how the, the woke agenda and all this agenda has sought to overturn the, the educational system so that we forget God. It's also another way a nation remembers is by its monuments. So we have a change of monuments, a change of, of symbolism all over America as well. We have forgotten God and we have forgotten that we even knew God. If you, you know, uh, the America of before the 60s could not even imagine the America of today. And the America of today cannot, can barely remember the America of then we have forgotten God. That is the spirit of the possessor. All right, we've got to hit this quick break, but we will be right back with much more. We're back with Rabbi Jonathan Kahn. When you remove God, everything else becomes God. You end up worshiping all kinds of secular things like money, sex, fame, technology, big tech, which we can talk about later, you know, further down okay. in the week, but everything else becomes elevated. We fill that spiritual void right. with all kinds of secular things. And we go searching for things to give us that meaning when you have no God. The other thing too, Jonathan, is when you have one God, you have one truth, but yes. when you have many gods, there yes. is no universal truth. Yes. And that you yes. see that echoed through society today because that gives rise to each person saying, I have my truth rather than there is the truth and here's what it is. So we're indulging everybody by saying, well, that is their truth. Well, no, that has no relation to the actual objective truth. And that's because there is no spiritual grounding in God, correct? Oh, totally, totally. That this is this is a form. These, these are all aspects of paganism, and it's so deep that we don't even realize we have been 
basically, quote, we have been possessed by it. Um, and how it's changed from those things. The, the first thing you said, absolutely, it's a process of, of deification. Because when you're in the pagan world, basically, you have gods all over and you have every, everything becomes a god because we're going to worship no matter what. So if you don't, if you take away God, we're going to worship the state. We're going to worship, as you said, we're going to worship uh, sex. We're going to worship money. We're going to worship you know everything. And that's exactly what has happened to America. Everything becomes deified. And another thing is that the word Baal, actually in the Bible, it, they also there's another form of it, Baalim, which means the Baals. Wasn't just one; it was one god, one you know false god, but also he appeared in in a, in, in a myriad of ways. Everybody had their own Baal, the, and, and Baal means master. So what happens is when you when you take away God, you become mastered. It's not just that you worship these things; you become mastered by it. And so, in other words, you know, in the '60s, the big thing was you know freedom, you know liberation. Well, what it ended up was producing a culture that is more addicted, more driven, more, more in bondage, more unhappy than it's ever been. And because what happens is all these things become bales. They become, we become mastered by money, mastered by, by carnality, mastered by what, you know, by addiction, addictive substances, mastered by. So, so that, that's what happens is we put ourselves in bondage. That's what happened to Israel. It's now in America. And the other thing you, you said, very important, which is another form of paganization is is this thing about the one god absolutely you know that was the big thing when when god came into the ancient world you know in the pagan world that was the big thing monotheism means one truth you know you have the word of god you have one one reference point well you don't you, what happens so as you said when you when you turn away from one god many gods and gods are truths so many truths so the thing is that that everyone that that's why you 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 have this thing where it says authentic truth. Everybody has their authentic truth. If a man says he's a tree, then he's a tree. You know, if a, if a woman says she's a squirrel, she's a squirrel, or she's not a she, she's a they. I know we'll get into that. Um, that becomes her truth. And so what happens is when you have everything becomes truth. They becomes there's no truth. Truth becomes destroyed, and that is all part of paganization. And another thing you alluded to. Which, which is even technology is part of this. You know, the Bible says that um, that when they the, they turned away from God, it's uh, talking about in the in ancient times. It says they ended up worshiping the works of their hands. They're, they're, they you know they made an idol and they worshipped what they made. They were you know so the thing is so the, the principle is when you turn away from God, you're going to worship the works of your hands. Now. When Paul, the Apostle Paul, is standing on Mars Hill, you know, a pagan high place, and he's speaking about paganism, he speaks about idols and idolatry, and he uses the word techne. You know, when he talks mm. about the idols, techne, we get the wow. word tech or technology. So what it what it's the warning is this: when you turn away from God, part of the sign of paganization is we're going to worship our own technology. We're going to serve. Our technology now. Now you want to. Now it's not that technology is bad. But the point is that when you take away God, it's you're not. It's not. Gonna, you're not going to just use it. You're going to actually serve it and worship it. So look at what's happening to America. Addicted now to technology, to cell phones, to iPads, so to computers. Addicted to it. And the other thing is. You know, it says, you know, they made the idols in the in, you know, in their own image. You know, they made these idols looking like people. Well, well, what's happening is our technology has become is increasingly taking on human powers, human yes. agency. And what it also says in the Bible, in one of the Psalms, it says that it says they they as they worship the idols or serve the idols. They became like them. They become you become like the idol. So what's happening is now is that as computers are getting more human, humans are getting more are becoming less human. Where where we have a generation addicted is not relating to each other, but becoming more like a computer, more like a machine. So we're being dehumanized as as our idol gets more powerful. So even technology is part of the mystery. That is such a critical point, Jonathan. And I'll just tell you, I know I shouldn't do this, but at night, you know, I scroll before I go to, to sleep, right? I mean, I, I'm as addicted as anybody else. And I put the phone down off to way off to the side and I was falling asleep. But as I was falling asleep, I started in that, that twilight dream period that I was scrolling. 
Okay, so it, it is absolutely happening to even those of us who are believers in God, believers in Jesus. So you can imagine if somebody is does not have this kind of solid faith, how this whole transhumanist agenda coming from the transnational organizations yes. like the World Economic Forum and the World Health Organization, and then the leftist demonic spirits here in this country, we we are being transformed as human beings. You're exactly right. Wow, yeah, this 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 is so good and so so right. When yeah, when you turn away, you see, we get our identity from God. When you turn away from God, you lose your identity. And the thing is that, and 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 the thing, even the you know the 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 uh, the the line between the people and their idols was merged. You know, actually was blurred. So so what's happening is we're actually you said transhumanism. We're actually being joined to technology. You know, it, it, another thing is that. The the other thing about the the idol is that the idol wasn't just a, an image of the god that they worshipped. It, it was also the god that they worshipped. So the, the so the the line between image and reality in paganism gets blurred. So now we have reality that is virtual. Our vir reality becomes virtual. Virtual becomes reality. That is actually even though we're doing it through science, that's another thing that's linked to paganism. And another thing here is that. That another line in paganism was the line between man and animal. You know, you look at the ancient pagan, uh, you know, the 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 images. You see part man, part animal. Well, that they merge them together. The line is blurred. Well, we are doing the same thing, except we're not doing it with clay and with metal. We're doing it with the with the the genetic code. Our scientists are merging man and animal, human DNA to animal, and animal DNA to human. And and let me let me just give you one, one other sign of the possessor and what's happening. And so the, and, and the other thing, you know, Monica, I really appreciate it because you're talking about hey, what you deal, with, we all, we all deal with it. But this is why we have to know what we're dealing with, you know, and to be able to, to overcome it but well here's the thing that the sign of Baal was actually back then was the sign of a bull a molten particularly bronze bull uh particularly but it could be sometimes a golden calf was also part of this as well but all over the Middle East you had these molten bronze these molten bulls that were symbolizing Baal could the sign of Baal appear in America well, it already has. If you go to New York City, go to around where the harbingers are, the lower lower Manhattan, and you will see a massive molten bronze bull. And that is the biblical symbol. The people who did it had no idea what they were doing. The point is it manifests. It is a sign in the Bible of a nation that has turned, knew God, turned away from God, and now has given itself to the gods, particularly to the possessor. It has already manifested. And you know what? Here's an interesting thing, Monica. You know, Baal was the, was the god of prosperity, you know. And so what do we call our prosperity? We call it a bull market. Hey, we're bullish. Yes. It's all linked to Baal. This, this and, and I will I'll tell you one. I'm just gonna kind of squeeze in one last thing here about bail, and that is that that I was actually in New York City, Monica, when they they erected a a a massive uh basically monument to Baal. It was linked to the literally to the temple of Baal in the Middle East, through which worshipers of Baal would would go to worship Baal, and they had a ceremony in New York City at City Hall with the with the government officials and they actually unveiled it and they applauded and, and this arch of Baal and they played Middle Eastern music and they had no idea what they're doing. This is a this is just a sign of the the repossession or the possession of a nation. And interestingly that sign appeared one other time. You know where it, when it when and where it appeared. Remember the remember the hearings for the Supreme Court for Kavanaugh and when they were trying to tear him apart and they were trying yes. to stop him, particularly because of the issue of life and abortion, which is linked also to Baal and another God. Well, when in, in that very time they were having that, an image appeared on on the National Mall facing the Capitol, and it was a, the Arch of Baal. It is, it's just, it's absolutely unbelievable that the signs and warnings are all around us. And the fact that all of this evil and all of these demonic spirits, these little G gods are so in our face now, Jonathan, it is, it's so obvious. And we're going to spend the next two days really taking a lot of this apart. You mentioned Baal, the possessor, that is the first of the dark trinity. Um, and, and I just sort of want to end with this, and we're going to get into this in the next two days, but 
Balenciaga, the luxury fashion brand that has been at the center of this child sexual abuse, sexual exploitation scandal, uh, really over the last uh, couple of weeks. Well, somebody I saw on social media, Jonathan, broke apart the world word Balenciaga and it's Bell at the front, N-C-A-G-A, and the word Balenciaga means Bell is the king. So, I, I mean, it is, it is right there in our face. You know, I used to think that Satan was, you know, the old line about, well, Satan's greatest trick is convincing the world he doesn't exist. And that's because he operates in the shadows and he moves in a very stealth kind of way and he's very smooth and he comes in slick pass packages um, to tempt you and so on. Well, now, this, these demonic forces, these little G-gods, Satan himself, right in our face, not backing down, right there. And I, I mean, it's so obvious that your explanation in the return of the gods of what's actually happening seems so clear. Even, Monica, even, I don't know if you saw, even the, the what you just mentioned of, of, of this company, they actually, in the picture of the, where they have these children, I mean, just crazy stuff, uh, but in the, in the picture, you know, it, it's, the, the, the name is, it's spelled B-A-L-E-N, Balenciaga, but they actually added a, another A in, they put a little, like, clue in there, they added the other A just just to, for a point and the other a makes it bail so they yes. actually consciously added that yes absolutely and that image has been everywhere too yeah. it's just it it is the audacity of these little g gods in That's... our face now um it tells you exactly what you are writing in the return of the gods that they are ascendant Jonathan, this is absolutely fascinating. We've only just touched the surface. So here's what we're going to do. We are going to bring Jonathan Kahn back over the course of the rest of the week to delve into this more deeply because there are other dark forces at work. He mentioned Bale. Bale is sort of the biggest of them all, but there are two others that he writes about in The Return of the Gods. We are going to cover it all. So again, the book is called The Return of the Gods. You can go to the website, thereturnofthegods.com or Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever you get your books and get the book. But Jonathan, I want to thank you so much for today. And we will see you right back here on Wednesday with more. Great to be with you, Monica. Okay, you got it. And thanks to you guys for being with us during this holiday week. Have a great start to it. And Jonathan and I will see you right back here midweek. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.